Today on Here For You, the Helping Our Women radio show, we're talking with Diane Rache, the executive director of Below the Belt, a Cape Cod nonprofit that addresses gynecological cancers. I'm Gwen Guzzo, your host and the executive director at Helping Our Women, a nonprofit resource center for women living with chronic or serious health conditions. Diane, I'd like to start by asking people to share a bit of their story and it turns out that part of your story launched below the belt. Could you tell us why you started this agency? Yeah, um, I started in 2010. Um, at the time, I was just, you know, regular full-time corporate job. My husband and I, kids kind of, you know, flown the coop. So we were, you know, moving in, in you know, one particular direction and retirement was certainly on the horizon. Um, and my mother got sick with ovarian cancer. Hmm. And we thought at the time it was a metastasis of breast cancer that she had had in the past, but it did turn out to be ovarian cancer. Mm. And, you know, being her, being her primary caregiver myself, I tried to learn everything I could about ovarian cancer. I really didn't know, I guess what I thought I knew, you know, I think we all think you know, we're aware of these things. We've heard of them, but we don't really know anything and I remember going to a website, you know, the national organization, and it was talking about the symptoms of ovarian cancer. And I'm like, my brain just kind of said, well, wait, ovarian cancer is a silent killer. And we all knew right. that. That's how we were raised. And as I'm reading the symptoms that they're listing, I could remember my mother talking about every single one of them. And not just like casually, you know, that each one was an ongoing issue, things like bloating, mm. um, you know, abdominal pain, not being able yeah. to eat. And she would continually go to the doctor and he would tell her, you know, oh, you're menopausal. Maybe you should walk more. You could use more fiber in your diet, things huh. like this. And I was just, it was just kind of a mind boggling experience to read about this and not know. And I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, we have to do so. I have to, people have to know this. It was just yeah. a really profound moment for me. I, you know, my mother had had a lot of health issues and again, having breast cancer, she was at a high risk for ovarian, but no one ever told her, never ever told her, you know, what to be aware of, what to look for right, um, and things like that. So I really just, I wanted to do education. I really wanted mm -hmm. to get the word out. I didn't want to meet patients. I didn't want to do patient survivor programs right. because the statistics that I was reading, they were all going to die. You know, like my mother did. My mother died five weeks from diagnosis. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, and I, I thought that that was just dreadfully unfair, you know, five weeks. And how could that happen? And who could have two, you know, cancers in a lifetime? And I've come to learn that my mother's story is so sadly common. Really? Ovarian cancer. Yeah. The, the late stage diagnosis and, you know, the misdiagnosis, the average time to get a correct diagnosis is seven months. Really? Seek, you know, it takes that treatment. long? Yeah. Get, yeah. Most women are diagnosed at least the first time with maybe irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of gastric things like uh, reflux and, and symptoms like that. And so they're, you know, they are easily mistaken for more, you know, mundane mm -hmm big illnesses. Um, but, you know, as I, as I started to do my work and get more engrossed and of course you get in these circles and I started meeting survivors and, mm -hmm. and patients and really became aware. I was already aware kind of the shortcomings here for my mother on the Cape. It's just, 
everyone thinks we're all a bunch of rich people living down here with the best of everything. And right. when it comes to healthcare, and I am sure you you know this too, we're really pretty rural. Yeah, we are. In a lot of ways. So it really, I was hearing so many women what a hardship it was. You know, they wanted things here, but they didn't exist. They were traveling to Boston mm-hmm. and, and staying late in Boston after, you know, a grueling day of therapy Yeah, you know, to, you know, go to a support group or something. So as much as I fought it, I started, you know, to do the programs. And I, I have to say, it's probably been one of the most rewarding things um, is wow. filling the need for these people that exist. Yeah. So um, what are, so tell us about below the belt um, and the different um, types of services that you do offer. You spoke about education and I know we'll talk about um, the um, learn and live program you'll be offering here um, at our Amaguire Women's Wellness Center a little bit later. In addition to the learn and live series and types of presentations or programs, what other services do you offer to the local community? We offer a monthly support group. Mm-hmm. Um, we are still, we went virtual with COVID and right now all the women are quite happy to stay that way. So mm-hmm. um, that it, it's nice in a way it's, it opens it up to more people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can offer anybody on the Cape can join us. Um, that has any gynecologic cancer and we aren't really particular about when you had it might have mm. you might be in the middle of treatment or you might be 10 years out you know but it's just it's a community so we offer that we offer a a very unique one-on-one peer mentoring for newly diagnosed I see and with, and with that we connect uh, people really in the thick of you know starting their treatment and their journey to people that have already been there and kind of come out the other side wow um, that's know, really important. It is. And and we can fine tune it in our database because we work with the National Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance. Um, so there's a nationwide database. So if you wanted someone to, let's say, had a specific kind of cancer and a specific treatment, but you are of a certain religious faith and you wanted, you know, to share that and we can fine tune it pretty well. Um, you know, by any- drawing on national um, yes, volunteers yeah. to serve as yeah. these peer mentors? We do, yes. Wow, that's remarkable. And what's the national organization that you work with again? It's the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance, mm-hmm. and that program is called the Woman to Woman Program. Wow, that's really great. It, it really is. It's very powerful. And we offer a, a really comprehensive resource guide. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just kind of a, a guy, we really try not to talk about medical. We're not here. You have your doctors. We don't need to tell you, you know, all of the medical information, but we certainly want to help you find out if there's financial assistance for your medications or financial assistance to pay bills or transportation right. to something or where to find a wig. So we offer that as well. Um, and it is, again, it's pretty comprehensive. It covers whatever Massachusetts programs we could find, but national as well, if they're applicable. Yeah, I've taken a look at it. Um, It's really remarkable. It's a really strong resource for our community. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you're, when you're sick, you don't want to, I can actually tell you how frustrating it was for me Mm -hmm. to get some of this information or get phone calls back to be sure, you know, the programs I list are active and things I couldn't imagine, you know, being sick and right. being in need and that, you know, that it was frustrating sometimes. So, yeah, we're pretty proud of being able to offer that. And so. That's great. So um, 
So if people are interested in learning more about the woman-to-woman peer mentoring program for newly diagnosed um, uh, people with ovarian cancer or for your monthly support group that's for any gynecological cancer, how's the best way for them to reach out and get more information? Probably on the website, which is mm-hmm. belowthebelt.org, or they can always email me directly, diane at belowthebelt.org. That's great. So that's belowthebelt.org or diane at diane with an E at the end. Maybe that's what everyone One N and E, yeah. Gotcha. D-I-A-N-E at belowthebelt.org. Well, great. If you're just joining us, I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women with Diane Riche from Below the Belt to talk about gynecological cancers and their services that Below the Belt provides for women on the Cape. Can you tell us, you've talked about this term or use this term gynecological cancers and referred to ovarian cancer. Um, What other cancers do you um, provide services around or talk about? I imagine ovarian cancer is one of the primary ones, but. Ovarian cancer is is the primary and and, we certainly don't want to come off sounding as it's more important than the others. Um, ovarian cancer just has its own unique um, difficulties in detection, treatment, all I of see. it. Just, yeah. um, it's the deadliest of all the gynecologic cancers. Uterine is the most common. Uterine, Uterine and endometrial yep. are kind of the same category. Mm-hmm. Uh, cervical cancer. Right. Uh, and cervical cancer is frustrating because there are tools, you know, there's vaccinations, there's screening, and they're still very underutilized. Um, so, you know, we try to kind of work around that as well. And it covers, we, we work with vaginal uh, patients with vaginal vulvar cancers, although those are very, very rare. Are they? Okay. Yeah. And um, on the cervical cancer, so that's really what we're all getting if, when we get them, the pap smear for. Yes. The pap smear is, does not detect. And that's, you know, one of our key things we try to educate people about is that only detects cervical cancer. It's right. Not- it only detects cervical cancer. And well, well, some listeners may think, oh, I can tune out now because I am not a woman. Um, cervical cancer, I, as I raise my son, um, he can, at least teenagers, can get a vaccine to help prevent cervical cancer. And I know um, we encouraged him to make that choice um, so that men do have a role in cervical cancer prevention with these new vaccines. Ab- Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that and that's a kind of something people don't think about. Gee, I should get it from my daughter. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Is is the boys are without a doubt equal players. Yeah. Yeah. But is that do you happen to know? I know you're not a medical professional if that vaccine is something they only give to youth. And if you're an adult male, uh, you know, over the age of 21 or 25, would, is it still a, a possible tool to help prevent cervical cancer by, you know? Yeah, you're right. I'm not a, a full medical, but I have been kind of trying to read and, you know, educate myself too. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it to be much beyond, you know, young adulthood that it's, okay. it's yeah. encouraged. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And, that, and that's hard because there's a little, you know, as we all know right now, there's a lot of stigma around vaccines and, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. opens up a whole nother, you know, avenue of and conversation. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, so at Below the Belt, um, you support women with any kind of um, gynecological cancer, ovarian, any, uterine, yes. cervical, vaginal, and vulva. And 
what about their caregivers? Your place for their caregivers or partners to get more education too? Is that right? We we work with them. It's more on a one-on-one basis. We don't have a formal caregivers group. There are several out there um, mm-hmm. on the Cape for caregivers. And so we didn't feel it necessarily, we really needed to offer that on a formal level. Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, we're always there. And it's a very specific. We try to be very hands-on. Mm. You know, if you call and we don't have a program for you or we don't have something you need, we'll find it. Yeah. That's you know, really great. A lot of other organizations across the country, you know. Right. That's exciting to hear about. And um, to your point, you know, Helping Our Women is a small organization. You're a small organization. And yeah, you can't do everything. So when there are other caregiver support resources, um, but it's really fabulous the kind of education resources you can turn people onto with these national agencies. I know at the end of the month, you'll be here at our new Amaguire Women's Wellness Center in East Ham on February 29th, that's a Thursday at 11 a.m., to um, present and talk about gynecological cancers with your Learn and Live presentation. Um, What can our listeners expect if they decide to attend the workshop? Yeah, that was the kind of the crux of our beginnings is to, you know, that was the education arm of our organization. And it's to get the information out that everybody thinks that they know. You know, it's great for us to be like, oh, early detection this and early. Nobody, especially in the the world of gynecologic cancers, do they know what that is? You know, and while we offer these services in a perfect world, we'd love to have everyone just be either diagnosed early or not at all. Right. To take advantage of preventative strategies, you know, again, like Mm -hmm. pap smears and things. And there's there's some new exciting things coming out in the world of ovarian cancer for prevention. So we go and and we really just want to it's very casual, but we want to talk openly about the symptoms, understanding your risk factors, your family history, what that means and what you can do about it and how you can be proactive. Great. So it's a real bit of education as well as, um, as you're saying, what, what can you do? How can you take charge um, of any symptoms or concerns you might have? Um, So when you talk with people, whether it's in these different workshops or women and or their caretakers that reach out to you or or supporters, partners, um, family and friends, whoever's involved in a care circle, I'm I'm curious about what surprises you or or what are some of the maybe themes that are are surprising to you that come up in in conversations. And maybe surprise isn't quite the right word, but I'm just wondering what stands out perhaps. I think that probably the there's two big things is is just the lack of of understanding and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly, that's not a criticism. I was in the same place, you yeah. know, when mother would get sick. Uh, we just, we don't know what we think we know. Yeah. Um, and and don't that know what we think we know. I just want to pause with that. We yeah. don't know what we think we know. That's the kind of quote someone like me who thinks she knows a lot needs to hear only once a day, if not more. Yeah, so exactly. We don't know what we, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and, and I think the other thing is really just that in, 2023 in the United States of America, people are still afraid to talk about these body parts and and the role that they play and what how what we do with them. Yeah, uh, and that really that surprises me. 
That's huge. Um, the the fear, what you notice in your work running an agency focused on gynecological cancer, the awkwardness, the stigma, whatever the word is to describe it. Um, people aren't comfortable and are even afraid, as you said, to be talking about um, our genitals and our, uh, you know, reproductive organs, parts of right. our body. Yeah. Yeah, I can every once in a while I get, you know, again, doing this so long, I'll, I'll, I could start to talk to somebody and just they ask the right question. I'll go deep. You know, I will. And I could see some people maybe on the outskirts of the conversation just be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's it's interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, I appreciate you sharing that, that even the lack of understanding and knowledge, like, of course, more in depth. Um because I think people would maybe even with breast cancer, people might assume because unfortunately, because of its prevalence that mm -hmm. we know somebody who's had it or we understand something about it. And yet, actually, when you get a diagnosis, I'm sure you're at that same place of starting to learn a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. How about when women um, speak? Well, what would you say to a woman who's just received a cancer diagnosis? Like what guidance does your organization provide? I know you talk about the peer mentoring woman to woman um, program for women who've received an ovarian cancer diagnosis. Um, what other um, guidance or, or resources do you suggest people um, uh, turn to when they've received such a diagnosis? Usually the first thing we encourage um, is that they get involved in a support group. Mm. Um, and know, why is that? I, there's something about knowing you're not alone. Yeah. And that and, and the information you get from people at different stages in that journey. Mm -hmm. And the gynecologic community is it's a little different. I they don't they feel underseen. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, breast cancer, for for example you know, gets all the, you know, recognition and everything's pink and, and right. talks about openly the NFL goes pink and all yeah. of that. And it's kind of, it's a very tight little community in that regard. They really extra gel with each yeah. other. It's, it's a, a kind of a shared thing. Um, but I think when you're diagnosed, the biggest thing is just that you're not alone. Not alone. Yeah. So support groups are important. And that's back to that woman-to-woman -woman peer mentoring program. Exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. And our local support group, it, it depends. Mm -hmm. Some people don't think they're ready. Mm -hmm. you know, some people are right. Come to a support group. A lot of people will tell you, I'm not ready. I don't want to be around a bunch of people that are dying or, you know, mm -hmm. we've been very fortunate. Um, you know, our, our support group has been active for, I think it's eight years and we've lost only two members. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing when someone new comes in to see the camaraderie, uh -huh. like it's instant. They are friends. They are there for each other. And it's, it's, it's really, really special to see. Yeah, that's really great. And we have a peer support group in Provincetown that now is maxed out to capacity and we're looking into starting another one. But again, I think what you're saying here about the value of a support group, knowing you're not alone and, um, you know, helping our women, we say, you know, we're all just one diagnosis away from needing to pick up the phone and call helping our women for some assistance or support. And what we do is help connect women to other resources and referrals um, in addition to the transportation or other support we can provide. So 
I'm really glad to be in dialogue with you and that we'll be um, working together to host uh, your presentation later this month and in early March. As we uh, prepare to close out this interview, I want to know, is there anything else you want to let our listeners know today? Um, I'd like them to go to our website. Remind us. What's the website address? Belowthebelt.org. And there's a wealth of information there. Just peruse it. I think everyone that sees it will be like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Um, And that's for just anybody. We'd like to encourage anybody out there, if they've been diagnosed with any gynecologic cancer, to look and see if there is something that we offer that they can use. That's really great. So belowthebelt.org is the place to go to get more information about gynecological cancers, whether you know someone who has one, whether you've been recently diagnosed, or if you've had one and it's in remission at this point, and that was a number of years ago, you're Absolutely. still an agency that's open and available to to engage um, with this community. Is that right? Well, yeah. And we're also say, you know, like you said, they're 10 years out and they're, you know, yeah. they're not only are they welcome to join and be part of us, they have plenty to offer. They can also come and they could apply to be a, a peer mentor for someone else. Mm, that's really cool to know. That's so, really yeah. cool to know. Yeah. Well, I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women, and this is the How Radio Program here for you, where we discuss topics related to wellness and well-being. I want to invite you to join us for Diane Richet's Below the Belt Learn and Live presentation at our new Amaguire Women's Wellness Center in East Ham on Thursday, uh, February 29th at 11 a.m. That's at 3 Main Street in East Ham. Or if you can't make it in person, uh, you can join on Zoom on Thursday, March 7th. And um, that's uh, from 5.30 to 7. Um, And you can find out more about these two presentations and talks on the Helping Our Women website, uh, helpingourwomen.org. And you can learn more about um, Below the Belt and gynecological cancers at um, belowthebelt.org. We're really fortunate to have Diane Richet here. And for Thank you, Diane, for your work on behalf of our community. Um, this is a really important resource that, um, you know, I I am ashamed to admit I didn't know was out there and, and I run this agency. So I'm really glad that we're connected and starting to work together um, to continue to support women's health and wellness here on the Cape. Yeah, I'm excited too. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Diane. And we'll see you on uh, Thursday, February 29th at 11 a.m. Great. See you then.